Hi, you're now listening to a sermon from Harvest Community Church in Hoffman Estates, Illinois. We're happy to bring you sermons like this one every week. You can find other sermons at our site at harvest-community.org. So without further ado, here's our speaker. sore this morning. Only a little, but I feel good, uh, rested, and um, yeah, just ready to finish the work that uh, God has uh, called me to, and, and I do look forward to getting home as well and seeing my family. But um, I'm really looking forward to uh, these, these last few minutes that we have together, um, because my hope is that your hearts are really going to be encouraged. Um, and, and just ready to move forward in whatever way God is directing you. Uh, but I did want to take just a moment uh, to, just, to just reflect on the weekend uh, for myself, and to, I want to thank, um, uh, thank you as well. You know, over the last year, I've been able to, uh, to get to know uh, PD. I guess I can call him that as well, right? I hope. Hopefully we've been together long enough I can do that, bro. Um, and um, so from a distance, I have, I've uh, heard about his family. I've seen lots of wonderful pictures. Um, I've, I've heard about uh, the church family. He, he talks about you. Um, he has um, a great love for, for this work. And uh, so it was a real gift for me to be able to come and, one, exercise my gifts um, before you and amongst you, uh, but to like see the people, and uh, as you were, we were singing the song, I feel the love of God in this place. I have really experienced that from each and every one of you. Uh, many of you I haven't been able to engage in any lengthy conversation, but um, there's always just a warm smile and a good morning and extending of the hand, and um, that's that's huge uh, for someone who's not familiar. To, to step into a place and to sense that people care, and you do. And um, I was never allowed to eat alone, um, and that was good. You know, you feel awkward sometimes stepping to a table, and if I sat at an empty table, the people would invite me over, slide over, and I, 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 I'm convinced that that's who you are. And that is attractive to a world that's looking for authentic relationships. Um, that's, that's important. So I just want to thank you for that and just continue to be who you are and become more of it. Um, it's by our love one for another that people know that we are, in fact, his disciples. So just um, keep loving. To the worship team, You've, uh, you've drawn me into God's presence, and I have just I've thoroughly enjoyed uh, just the worship, the way you've led, the quality of even the vocals and the, the instrumentals, and just, um, just worshiping uh, from the kids' time all the way to, you know, the, I guess the adult worship, I guess is that what you call it. So it's just been refreshing. Um, Opening up and sharing your stories are a wonderful gift to me. Sharing resources. I've got notes. I've got a book coming someone's going to send and, you know, a website to check out and even speaking into the life of uh, my boys, particularly the artists. And so just so many like, gifts you've given me. I was even offered a, 
a Nikon D700 this morning as a gift. But I just said, no, no, that's too much, you know. <laughs> um, but in so many ways, I've been refreshed, even on the basketball court and just encouraged and, you know, being a part of the team and just feeling like I'm, like I'm one of the guys. So it has just been so good. And even today, someone just turned and asked, so, so tell me about the retreat for you. And uh, it really has been a retreat. I'm refreshed. I'm a little tired, but in a, in a good way. And I'm ready to, to go back and re-engage my family and community. But this has been a wonderful gift. So, uh, Dave, thanks again for your friendship and, um, and uh, the invitation to come and seeing at least in part the fruit of your labor and the other pastors and elders and leaders. It's just it's a great thing. Yeah, embrace it. It's, it's a gift. So I'm going to pray and uh, lead us in our final session. All right. So, Father, uh, while you are beautiful, um, I love that song. I love the truth in it. I love the, uh, the culmination of all things when there's no more death or no more tears. Uh, all the burdens of life will be no more, and there'll be just eternal joy and fellowship and worship and um, we can only imagine what it's going to be like but uh, it just um, Lord it so encourages my heart to know that you are in control and you are at work as our brother Bobby has said you are active in our lives and the best life the only real true life is found in Christ And you've invited us into that. And I just pray that we will just dive headlong into it and and um, just totally die to self and just embrace all that embrace all that you have for us and to know that there is a way forward. So I pray that you will fill us with your spirit, even in these moments, and that we will leave here with a sense of hope and anticipation and certainty, Lord, that um, our future is bright. Um, and that's, that's what I hope for. So we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Um, we are going to um, <clears throat> this, uh, oh, let me back up. So it's a uh, scene forward. So we've, um, we spent some time seeing God and seeing God in his holiness and power and transcendence, but his, his nearness as well. Um, we have pause to take a look at our ourselves, our own hearts, and the culture around us, um, we've examined like, what God is seeking to extend to us through his grace. What is it that we need in this season of our lives? Um, and then the invitation to join God in his work. And then, and then uh, last night, we were able to take a look at self, and, and not the self like the old self, it's the self the way God sees us. Um, beyond the brokenness and the, the wholeness, the, all that he, he sees, the fact that he loves us, the fact that we are secure in that, it's all beautiful. And yet, when it's time to move forward, we can say, I know God is good and is, he's gracious. And he's good and we receive his grace and we say, I, yeah, I know I'm his child.
sometimes then there's a yeah, but. You know, there's a yeah, but. I've wasted so much time. Yeah, but. But I still have this issue that I'm, reg- I'm wrestling with. Yeah, but. I made this choice in the past and this choice in the past and this choice in the past. So sometimes there's a yeah, but. So my hope is that if you have a yeah, but, I want to help you move, help you move beyond that. I want to help you move forward. And uh, I wanted to sort of illustrate it by using uh, the rearview mirror and uh, the, the triptych. You know, the reality is um, a rearview mirror has a place in an automobile, um, but you cannot drive forward looking in the rearview mirror. Uh, the rearview mirror has some benefit. Uh, the practical benefit is if, if you drive, if you're backing up. But if you're moving forward, you know you can you can kind of glance, you see what's behind. And if if you're like me, and and truly honestly, I'm one who drives the speed limit I'd, almost all the time. Um, just to be totally honest. But I just make it a rule because I just, yes, the fear of the Lord, but it's also, I just, I don't want to get a ticket. That stinks to have to pay money just for driving a little too fast. So I look in a rearview mirror, and especially if it's like morning, you know, people try, they got up a little too late, left it a little too late. And, and they're like riding up on my bumper, figuring if I move faster, then they can get there a little quicker. And it just irritates me. At times I just pull over and say, go on by. Or another case, a couple mornings ago, I was uh, a couple weeks ago, I was on my way to an elders meeting at 7 a.m., left myself a, a buffer, and I'm just kind of cruising along, and I look up, and in my rearview mirror, I see a police car. Oh, my goodness, why did I look? Well, I had to. I eventually, I pulled up. Cool thing is, he misread my license plate, thought I was expired, and uh, he just said, oh, I'm sorry, you keep on going, and I say, cool, we'll see you later. But, you know, you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror. But there's another option. And do we have any AAA members here? AAA? Okay. Does anybody still use triptychs? Anybody? No? I know. We, well, I actually ordered a triptych. We're, we're hoping to, to go to Toronto as a family. And, you know, triptychs are still valuable. I mean, they give you a map. They show you where construction is. They give you a, a, a tour book. They give you a packet of information. And, in fact, I was flipping through the tour book just the other day, and it says, if you're only going to be in Toronto a day, here are the things you should do. I mean, it's just chock full of information. But the cool thing about a triptych is it's, um, it's hopeful peace. It's I'm going here, and here are the things I get to do, not just when I get there, along the way. Here are some roadblocks, some, some obstacles to avoid. And once you arrive, man, there's a whole book full of things. It's a hopeful piece. In contrast to the rearview mirrors, always looking back, and sometimes all we see when we look back are the storms. Cryptic is this, this hopeful thing. It's what I can look forward to. And I believe that's what God wants us. He wants us to look forward to that which he has for us. So as we leave today, I want us, I want to encourage all of us to see forward. Okay? 
see forward. See, our Heavenly Father deals graciously with His children, even in the midst of a failure. Because sometimes when we pause at a retreat and we reflect, all we can see is the failure. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't really start following the Lord until I was in my late twenties, almost thirty years old. I can't tell you how many hours I've wasted, how much money went through my hands with, for no redemptive purpose, all the, the time, the treasure, all that God had given me, so much of it was wasted. I, I've been a late bloomer in a lot of ways in my life, even commitment to the Lord. So sometimes we can, we can sit and just kind of grovel in that and... Um, and think that, well, there's not much that can happen in my life now. And that's not the reality. So what I want to do is take you through a passage in Genesis chapter 3. And um, if you're familiar with Genesis chapter, chapter 3, it captures the fall. Adam and Eve fall into sin. Eve takes from the tree. She should not have. She eats it. She or bites it or what have you. She gives it to, uh, to Adam and all of humanity is paying for it now. All of us, even the holiest, most mature among us, we still struggle with sin. Even if it's not deeply our own personal sin, the sin of others and death and just all that comes with it. But do you know, even in the midst of that, really the greatest human tragedy, we see God's grace and his promises still being fulfilled. So God's promises are still yes and amen for you and me, no matter where we are, no matter what's happening, okay? So let me, um, let me read Genesis 3, 21 and... Uh, and 22. The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. And the Lord God said, the man has now become like one of us, knowing good and evil. He must not be allowed to reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. We see even here that Grace, God's grace accompanies judgment and forgiveness follows confession. Adam and Eve sinned and they both knew they sinned. And what they did right away was what? They ran and hid, right? They tried to cover themselves, which they did, but inadequately. God seeks them out. Where are you? Where are you? And finally they come out and, and after a number of excuses, each of them come to the place where they say, and I ate. Well, you know, the woman did this, and you know, the serpent did this, but the bottom line was I ate. They both confessed. And that's really what confession means. It means to agree. <laughs> when we confess to God, we agree. God, it's sin. You say it is. Yeah, I call it habit or misgiving. It's sin, yes. Um, and you see, they try to cover themselves, but it's inadequate. And what we see is the first sacrifice. 
Because in order to be clothed with animals, you know, something had to die. They had to be shedding of blood. And you see, God provides an adequate covering. Even in the midst of their failure, God is showing his, his grace. And, and you know, we see that. We can see that in our own lives. And we see it as we move through scripture. When God, even when there's judgment and discipline, God always gives words of hope as well. In fact, um, I've got some, some passages here. Um, they're in your notes, but let's, um, let's read together. This is, this, and if you read through the prophets, there's always judgment, right? But there's grace and redemption as well. So let's read together. Who is a God? See, isn't that something? God, man, he could have dropped the hammer on Adam and Eve and just like started all over. But even in the midst of that judgment, you see his grace. He still provides a, um, should I switch this? Um, even in the midst of his judgment, you see his grace. He still provides. He provides a covering. He does not crush them. It is not a forever done deal. He still extends his grace and his mercy. In fact, it's the same promise that he offers to us in First uh, John one nine. Yeah, and I want to encourage you, you don't need to be a, a Greek scholar or even student in this one. Um, um, if uh, he is faithful and just, it means he's faithful and he's just. Um, and and, uh, and you, don't have to, you don't have to try to research, you know, and understand in the original language the word all, okay? Um, it means all. It means when we come clean with God, um, he cleans cleanses us like he wipes it away so we don't have to continue to carry um, the burden of it now we're going to see in a little bit um, there are consequences it doesn't necessarily erase consequences but you know the the the, the feelings of guilt and and like okay I guess my life is over now there's no value because of choices I've made or or what have you that's not true that is not true that is not true of God that is not true for his people in verse, uh, in verse, uh, verse 23, let me read. So the Lord God banished him from the Garden of Eden to work the ground from which he had been taken. So that's what I was alluding to. The, the reality is love doesn't necessarily remove the consequences, but it will prevent them from overwhelming you. 
you know, Adam and Eve, uh, there, was, there were consequences to pay. And ultimately, we all experience that. Um, so the idea that God forgives us, it is important to understand, doesn't necessarily mean all the consequences are gone. But I love this expression, they will not overtake you. God does not want to crush you. God wants to conform you and me into the image and likeness of his son. So any consequences which remain, according to his promise, no more will ever be put upon us than that which we can handle. God is gracious and he's merciful. And he, he is out for our good. He really is and for his glory. Um, in Hebrews 12, uh, 7 and 11, you have that in your, in your I'm not going to read it all, but it speaks of the discipline. It speaks of the perfect discipline that God exercises. In fact, any believer who, um, who is caught in sin or participating in sin and, and like we don't, there are no consequences to it, we just feel like we're getting away with it, that's not good. Um, because that's not right, because God will discipline those who belong to him. So that discipline, again, is to continue to train us and to shape us. So we shouldn't despise it. When we make choices, we should expect consequences, but not those that destroy us. And I I have this passage here. Um, from Psalm 32, and if, if you read it, David speaks of that holding on to sin, and when he kept that sin hidden, um, it was miserable. Uh, physically and emotionally and spiritually, he was unhealthy. He says, but then he confessed his sin, and this is part of it. Therefore, let everyone who is godly pray to you while you may be found. Surely when the mighty waters rise, they will not reach him. There is still a place of protection. God, God, God may say, in some cases, mercy is not receiving that which we deserve. In some cases, he will just, it's just, don't worry about it. It's, it's gone and moved forward. In other cases, there will, we will feel the, the, the pinch, the burn, the sting, the discipline of that choice. But God is not going to let it, it's not going to get up to here where it drowns you. It may feel like it's here, but even that is not God being mean or vicious. It's saying you need to feel the weight of this because it's for your good. But he will not let it overtake you. God does not want to crush us. He wants us to move forward. Let me read uh, 3.24. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden, on the, on, the, on the east side of the garden of Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. This is a, can be a harsh reality, but that's okay because there's still a future. Sometimes you can't go back, only forward. Like someone say, you can't unscramble eggs. Some things 
done and they're, they're done. But it doesn't mean that we're done. It doesn't mean that God is done with you. Um, I like the expression of a new normal. There's something new God is calling you and I into. There's something new. So again, this is where um, this is where I remind you. Rearview mirrors or triptychs. This is sort of that that critical space. I realize I have I have come clean with God. He has forgiven me. I am his child. Things are good. Between he and I. Yeah, but. And this is where we this is where we have to decide, will it be the yeah, but and just keep looking back at that which we've missed the, the 28, 29 years of my life that was up and down and in it. Do I what I missed all the relationships and the people and the bad stuff and that, you know, who knows the fruit of my actions from back then. I can either stay in that in the rearview mirror or I can say, God, you've given me a future and I'm going to see forward now. I will let you take care of that which is behind. I'm going to see forward. This is a critical juncture. Let me read 4.1. In fact, I have it here, I guess, so we can read together. Let's read. Adam. Okay. Now, this woman is just on the, just on the other side of the greatest human tragedy which she was a key party to. Um, Judgment is pronounced. They have been expelled from the most beautiful and perfect place in all the planet, in all the universe, in an intimate relationship with God. But in yet, after giving birth to a son, this is what she can say. She can say that God is still Yahweh, Jehovah, the covenant-keeping, promise-keeping, near God. That with his help, he is still my provider. And he has, from him I have gotten a man. God's provision, his promise is still true. God is still going to fulfill her. God is still present. God is still a provider. God God is still a promise keeper. This is Eve on the verge of human tragedy as Eve emerges from perhaps the worst tragedy in human history, she experiences and proclaims God's faithfulness by way of his presence, provision, and kept promise. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't it awesome? So wherever you are, whatever you have seen, whatever the yeah buts may be, 
park them and pick up God's triptych. And this is what I want to encourage for you and for me to live out of our imagination instead of out of our memory. It's to to live with the dreams and the hopes that God has planted in your heart instead of out of the memory of the failures, of the difficulties, of the stuff that tends to bound us, to look forward. Because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God says and has shown himself to be faithful. God is a promise-keeping God. God has promised a hope and a future for every one of his children, ultimately culminating in the return of Jesus Christ. But between now and then, there's an incredible work that he calls us to. That's extending this message of grace, which we sang early that we so freely receive, extending it to every man, woman, and child, to our neighbors, to our friends, to our coworkers, to our teammates and classmates, even the clerk that we occasionally encounter or maybe only once in a store. So my hope for you is that you will see forward. Let me pray. Father, I love the words that, um, that were penned to the people in exile through Jeremiah where you clearly let them know that you know the plans that you have for them and they are plans not to harm them but to, to give them a hope and a future. And this was written to a people who were in exile who um, because of their own sin, the sin of their their people found themselves carried away from that land of promise. Lord, but you promised that um, that you would bring them back and that you will fulfill all of your promises to them. And we can know the same. Lord, that you never put us on a shelf. You, you never seek to crush us, um, but to conform us into the image and likeness of your son and any crushing that we might feel it's just it's to it's to transform us it's to to reshape us so I pray that we might all leave with that sense of hope that sense of seeing forward knowing that you are an ever-present help in time of need that you are faithful Lord and you have wonderful plans and and, uh, promise to fulfill in each of our lives individually but more importantly as a community as a people So I thank you for that reality, that truth, Father. Let us walk in it. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks for listening to the sermon from Harvest Community Church. If you would like more information or have any questions or comments, check out our website at harvest-community.org. Thanks for listening.